Praise the Lord. This uh, is a unique Sunday in the church for a number of different reasons. Um, It's the last Sunday in the liturgical year. And so it gives us an opportunity to um, recollect and prepare for the new year that's coming. And in a few days we'll be gathering with friends and family to celebrate uh, Thanksgiving and the things that we're thankful for. And also, today is the Feast of Christ the King. And um, this is an interesting feast. Uh, It was established in the church back in 1925. And now, before 1925, people believed that Christ was king. But if you think back in history, some 1925 was just eight years after the beginning of World War I, which was thought to be at the time the war to end all wars. And it was eight years after what's known as the Bolshevik Revolution and the rise of communism in the world. And at that time, Pope Pius XI wrote a letter to the church. And in that letter he encouraged the church to recall and to reestablish the testimony of the church that Christ is king in the world. And with those events in mind, he said, The manifold evils in the world are due to the fact that the majority of men had thrust Jesus Christ and His holy law out of their lives, that these had no place either in private affairs or in politics, and further, that as long as individuals and states refused to submit to the rule of our Savior, there would be no really hopeful prospect of a lasting peace among nations. He also said, Men must look for the peace of Christ in the kingdom of Christ. Peace cannot be more effectually restored nor fixed upon a firmer basis than through the restoration of the empire of the Lord. When once men recognize both in private and in public life that Christ is King, society will at last receive the great blessings of real liberty, well-ordered discipline, peace, and harmony. So that was a message from Pope Pius XI to the church. And the CEC has been announcing that message to the world that Christ is King. And we seek to 
remember that and reestablish that and strengthen that message today. You know, the rabbis of the Bible looked at Adam as the first king. And we all know what happened with Adam. The fall in the garden. Later on in the scriptures, we see in 1 Samuel that the people who had been directed and taught and led by the Lord Jesus Christ through the cloud, through different ways, they didn't trust the Lord. They wanted an earthly king, somebody that they could see and somebody that they could, I guess, relate to. And in 1 Samuel chapter 8, we see where the prophet Samuel warned the people of, of Israel about getting a king. Because the people were saying, give us a king, give us a king. And Samuel said, 1 Samuel 8 verse 10, starting at verse 10. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking a king from him. Samuel said, These will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots, and to be his horsemen, and to run before his chariots. And he will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifty, and some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest, and to make his implements of war and the equipment of his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants. He will take the tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to his officers and to his servants. He will take your men servants and maidservants and the best of your cattle and your donkeys and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves. And in that day you will cry out because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the people refused to listen to the voice of Samuel, and they said, No, but we will have a king over us, that we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may govern us and go out before us and fight our battles. And when Samuel had heard all the words of the people, he repeated to them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Listen to their voice and make them a king. My friends, Christ is king. He's a good king. And He wants to be king of our lives. He doesn't impose His kingdom. He proposes His kingdom. And He wants to be welcomed into our hearts as King. I remember I grew up about 45 minutes north of here in Hueytown and I went to a, um, a Baptist Christian school and in our yearbooks, you know, you would have, you get together and have people sign your yearbook and everything. And it was very common at that school to have um, people write in there 
keep Christ first in your life. You know, keep Christ number one. Things like that. And um, on this feast of Christ the King, I was reminded of that, and it caused us caused me to ask the question: Am I keeping Christ number one in my life? You know, do I situate my life around Him? Or do I situate Him around my life? You know, these are things that, that are appropriate for us to ask on this Sunday, the last liturgical Sunday of the year. Because next Sunday will be a new year in the church. And people make New Year's resolutions and encourage people to live their lives according to the liturgical calendar of the church. And so it's a good time to ask yourself, for me to ask myself, am I keeping Christ first? What are my priorities in my life as far as Christ? Do I really have Him as King in my life? Do I, do I trust Him? You know, because that, that's the big thing. A lot of times we don't trust the Lord. You know, we don't, we don't trust the Lord. We hold a lot of things back from Him. You know, we think, well, He's, he's going to ask too much of me. Or He's going to put me in uncomfortable positions. Um, other reasons could be, you know, we may still we may have an area of sin in our life that we're a little too comfortable with, and we're not willing to to give that up. And um, there's a lot of things, a lot of reasons why Christ would not be king in our life. But as I said, Christ is a benevolent king. He is not like an earthly king. Um, he waits for us to allow Him into our lives. You know, if you look back at um, history a little bit, I, I believe it was probably starting with uh, President Ronald, Ronald Reagan. People would always mention the President of the United States as the most powerful man in the world because he was the president of this country. Um, but the most powerful man in the world is Jesus Christ, true God and true man. And He is the King of all. And Brian read it in our New Testament reading today. Christ has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of His Son, of the Son of His love. Why? For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. Christ created all the kingships of the world. And He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. And Christ is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He may have the preeminence. That in all things He may have 
the preeminence. I turn back to what Pope Pius XI said. Men must look for the peace of Christ in the kingdom of Christ. When once men recognize both in private and in public life that Christ is King, society will at last receive the great blessings of real liberty, well-ordered discipline, peace, and harmony. You know, you look at our gospel reading, sets the the scene of Christ's crucifixion and the two thieves crucified on either side of him. I don't rightly recall what the um, the actual name of the the bad thief was, but who we know as the good thief, we call Dismas. And. You know, in thinking about Christ the King, we can put ourselves in either two of these positions. You know, I've been in both positions. You know, asking God to prove Himself. You know, what can you do for me, Lord? If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. Show us. And then Dismas says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He says, He says, Why do you deride this man? We're guilty of what we've done, but he's innocent. He's innocent. And St. Dismas acknowledged Christ as king while Christ was still on the cross in the most helpless form since he was since he had been born on this earth Christ hanging nearly dead on the cross was acknowledged king in Dismas's life Christ as a little baby in the manger which we'll celebrate in a few weeks, was acknowledged king of the world by the Magi and the shepherds. What's keeping us from acknowledging Christ as king in our own life? Are we, are we wanting to hold something back? Are we scared? I've been scared before. I've held stuff back before. Are we, are we just not trust, trusting the Lord? We have to answer that question for ourselves. And we have to establish Christ as King in our lives. As the collect of the day says, mercifully grant that the peoples of the earth, divided and enslaved by sin, may be freed and brought together under His most gracious rule. So in our um, Old Testament reading, we see an admonition to the shepherds, speaking of clergy, 
Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, against the shepherds who feed my people, You have scattered my flock, driven them away, and not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for your evil doings, says the Lord. But I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and bring them back to their folds. Christ will bring everything back under Him. And He is the King. He is the righteous King. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness on the earth. In his days Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell in safety. Now this is his name by which he will be called, the Lord our righteousness. So today I just encourage you to surrender to the Lord. Whatever might be holding you back from allowing Jesus to be king of your heart and your life, just, just give it to the Lord because He's a just and righteous and loving God. And He won't demand, He won't, um, he won't impose Himself on you. He waits for you to welcome Him in. And He will return to you blessings upon blessings for your surrender and your, <clears throat> your giving of your life and your spirit to the Lord. Amen.